This is The Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Well, hello everyone again, and we are back. And for those of you watching live right now, welcome. Some of you will watch it later. Some of you will go on YouTube and find it there or download as a podcast. So however you're doing it, God bless you. Thanks for joining uh, with us today. These Bible studies are to help you in your life. Hopefully they make sense and they're very practical. Um, I want to talk today about flourishing uh, specifically because we're going through selected psalms and selected passages within those selected psalms. Everyone wants to flourish. <laughs> There's not a one of us that doesn't. And we all, I bet you if we polled ourselves, we want to flourish in certain specific areas. How so? Well, relationally, romantically, we want to flourish. Financially, we'd like to flourish. Vocationally, academically. I mean, we even want our children uh, to flourish. Uh, we want them to experience and to make the most of every bit of ability and opportunity that's afforded them. We even make comments on how someone is flourishing at a new position or they're flourishing as a parent. It means they're really getting into the groove. They're really doing good and, and they're getting better and better at these things. So flourishing uh, is important to all of us, but there's an area of flourishing that, um, that we sometimes overlook. And it, and it is the most important area of flourishing, and that is <clears throat> spiritually. Spiritually. I mean, Jesus, you've heard me say this, especially on Sundays, um, it's the spirit that gives life. It's the flesh that profits nothing. Those are Jesus' words. So when we look at spiritual flourishing, that is the biggest impact for today. And not just today, but for tomorrow. And that's what we're going to look at today. <clears throat> Let me put it to you this way, because... Um, <laughs> I might have called this getting better with age because of the specific topic we're looking at, but I didn't. I just call it flourishing. But let me say it this way. Have you ever uh, run into a cranky, angry, unhappy, older person who rarely ever smiles? They just have that stern face. You ever see those people? <laughs> Everyone has. Uh, do you want to grow old to be the old, cranky, not-too-happy, non-smiling uh, person? I hope not. I hope you don't want to do that. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I know you don't want to be that. But just because we don't want to become a certain way doesn't mean we can't become a certain way. Because, you know, life is tough and it can throw some real difficult things at you that can make you hard. So I'm going to look at Psalm 92. Three verses. I'll jet sideways on one verse in the same uh, chapter. But three verses are going to be our main uh, text. You know, I was going to, in fact, because of the topic, because of the text, I was going to call this, uh, I want to grow old just as young as I can. That's an old, the Greeks used to say that. I want to grow old just as young as I can. And I think we can. I think we can grow old and yet stay young. So let's see how this works, especially from a spiritual dimension, how it affects us in our, in our lives. The first thing I want to tell you is this. <clears throat> Everyone flourishes. But not all flourishing has the right payoff. In verse 12 of Psalm 92, watch this. The righteous man, this is the morally walking right before God in the ways of God. You know, you're not perfect, but you're walking that morality as best you can. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So, 
a, a person walking morally right according to the scriptures, <coughs> it leads to flourishing. We see that all through scripture. Now, let's, let's define this word flourish because they can conjure all kinds of different ideas, but let's define it biblically. This Hebrew word this is Old Testament Hebrew. The Bible is written in different, three different languages, Old Testament Hebrew, the, and Daniel is a little bit Aramaic, uh, Arabic, and the New Testament is Greek. Um, this word means a sprout, to blossom. It's the idea of spreading your wings and flying. I like that a lot. So there's a real expansion and flourishing and hitting your life on all, you're really striding that thing out. But notice the contrast earlier in the chapter. In Psalm 92 verse 7, watch what he said earlier. He said, because <clears throat> he talks about flourishing in a different way. He says, that when the wicked sprouted up like grass, and all who did iniquity flourished. It was only that they might be destroyed forevermore. Huh. So wicked people, they can flourish, they sprout up and they flourish, but their sprouting up and flourishing has a pull date, and eventually, because they walk in wickedness, walk away from God, they don't want God, they're destroyed forever. So not all flourishing has a great payoff, but as a follower of Christ, we have a great payoff. We have an eternal payoff with with God. But not just an eternal one. Don't miss the current payoff right now because as we read Psalm 92 back at verse 12, I want to show you a few things. He said, <clears throat> I can flourish like the palm tree. That's an interesting statement to me. Have you ever seen uh, those, um, the real tall, thin, I mean, they're really tall palm trees? Do you know those palm trees in a major storm with high-velocity wind, those things can bend and bend and bend and bend and not break? I mean, they really bend. There's an unbreakable quality to them in a storm. Hmm. Do you know why they can bend and not snap like other trees? Because they're alive on the inside. A palm tree is alive. If you ever cut one, you see it's, it's, it's moist. It's alive on the inside. And, and then the root systems have all these little stringy fingers like spaghetti. They're really in there, but they're alive on the inside. <clears throat> they're moist in there. That's why when the winds come and the storm hits, they just don't break. They can bend and bend, and bend but they don't break. And then after the storm subsides, they move back to their erect position. Listen. Oh, just too many angry people. There's too many angry Christians that snap. They're angry. They get cranky. It's because they're missing the full abundant life of Christ on the inside. It's because they're probably not cultivating the inner spiritual life and they're just drying up. And no one wants that. No one wants that for you. I don't want it for me. Now, Let's look at another comparison in that same verse. Now he says, I grow, I can grow like the cedars. I grow like the cedars in Lebanon. Now, cedars are known for <clears throat> their size, their strength, and their durability and usefulness because they would import these cedars of Lebanon when they were building things in the temple, different things. These are things Solomon imported, the cedars of Lebanon. They're very important things. You put it all together when he talks about the palm tree, 
It talks about the cedar and Lebanon, which known for their size, strength, durability, and usefulness. Now you realize this. <coughs> the spiritual flourishing person has an unbreak ability, carries an inner strength and a durability, and they are now of great usefulness to others. That's flourishing, man. You might even ask the question, how many people seek you out for wisdom, for advice? Do they see a usefulness in you? Because as we age and grow, these things should be evident. There's an unbreakability to us. We're steady in a storm. There's this inner strength, the durability, and there's a usefulness to us. Now, the second thing I want to point out is they flourish because they're rooted in the right place. In verse 13 of Psalm 92, watch this. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. There's the word again. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Huh. The question now, you just read it, where are they rooted? Where are they planted? In the house of God. Now let me, let me clarify some things so that we don't misinterpret this. To be planted in the house of God in a local fellowship, it doesn't just mean, well, I go to church. And it doesn't mean, well, I go to church every other week or every other month or I watch it on TV regularly. I'm not, I'm not doubting regular church attendance. It tells us, do not forsake the assembling together as is the habit of some who just always forsake coming together in, in fellowship as a local body of believers. This is all good. But it must include, when you're planted in the local body, it must include dimensions of what planted and rooted are all about in God's house. Close fellowship. Serving somewhere in the fellowship. Giving financially. Worshiping together as, as a group of people. Coming in to be taught God's word and then taking God's word that you were taught and put it into practice. <clears throat> Remember that I told you earlier that I really wanted to possibly even call it, uh, I want to grow old just as young as I can. Well, listen closely. Um, when we're planted and rooted in a local fellowship, and not intermittent, not here and there, just not coming to get something and leaving, but regularly over our entire lives, not only are we unbreakable and durable, watch this. This is my favorite part of these passages. And that's the third thing I want to say. Now, I continue to flourish even in my old age. <laughs> I like that a lot. It didn't matter to me when I was younger. It really matters now. <laughs> Verse 14 says this. They will still yield fruit in the old age. They shall be full of sap and very green. I like that a lot too. Now, let me tell you three things that should be developed in the older age Christian. Somebody who's walked with God for a long time and now they're older in life. There's some things that should be in that person's life. First off, they should possess a ripe experience. What do you, what do you mean? Well, ripe. When you eat fruit, you eat it when it's ripe. Not way before the time and not way after the time. It's got to be ripe. You see, <clears throat> when something's ripe, it's desired and it's picked to be eaten. <clears throat> and what I think it's telling us is this. You, 
you have at this moment, if you become this ripe, experienced person in their older age and you've walked with God and you've done all these basic things and you've been doing, there's wisdom and there's experience that others need that you now carry. There's a wisdom of God in you and there's an experience because of life's pains and difficulties that you've gone through that others need and others should be seeking you out. You should be making yourself available all over the place on that one. Another thing I want to say about that is your temper has mellowed. As you're bearing fruit in your old age, you're yielding this fruit, your temper should have mellowed. Why? Here's, what it, here's why. Because you see your own faults. Instead of always looking at the faults of others, instead of always pointing their faults out, when you really look at your own faults and you see the ones God has brought you through and the ones you're still dealing with, it mellows you out, man. <laughs> In fact, it makes you happier. You appreciate the grace and the mercy and forgiveness of God. You might even be a lot goofier because people that are not happy, they're always trying to point out everybody else's problems. It's like you think about it. You're looking at this. You're always looking for some. Why? No, nah, it mellows you out, man. I want to get older and goofier in my life, and I, I'm just fine with that. The third thing I want to point out in this one is you now have a sweet testimony that helps others. Now, let me be a little bit specific here. And this one kind of, I don't know if it saddens me or I don't know if it's disappointing. I don't know what it is. But your testimony, a sweet testimony, it should not be this. It should not be, well, 40 years ago when I became a Christian, God changed me. He took away this certain thing and he saved me. And that's my testimony. That's really great. And I'm not, I'm not nullifying it. I'm not doubting that. I'm not negating it. I'm not underestimating it. But when you're planted in the house of God and fellowship, no, there's an ongoing recognition of the changes you and I need to make. And then we make them, which makes for newer, useful testimony. Newer useful testimony that others can use. There's just a sweet testimony to you, and it's fresh. So you're getting, you're, you're getting better. You're not growing bitter. Now, let me give you a little thought on that, a little sidebar. <coughs> the person here yields fruit in their old age. Huh. Didn't Jesus tell this great story of the sower and the seed? And the person who bears fruit bears fruit 30 and 60 and a hundredfold, could that possibly mean that they keep growing more and more an expansion of fruit and better fruit 30, 60, and a hundredfold? Now, I think so. I think it's possible. But why do they have good fruit? Because the parable of the sower and the seed is really a parable about the soil. It's different types of soil if you read the story in Mark 4 and Luke 8. Well, what's the soil? It's the heart. It's the heart. You see, <clears throat> um, the, the writer of Proverbs in Proverbs 4.23, he tells us, guard your heart, for from it flowed the issues of life. Jeremiah even went on to say in Jeremiah 17.9, he says um, that you don't even know what's in your heart. <laughs> it's, it's desperately wicked. We all know that's true about ourselves. Um, Jesus in the New Testament, he talks about all the ugly things come out of the heart. 
See, you got to be careful. That's the soil. And you've got to keep cleaning out that stuff out of that heart to remain soft, to bear this fruit into our old age. So the question is this, how soft is our heart? Because the person flourishing spiritually in life that affects all of life, they're like the palm tree. And it said there that they're sappy on the inside. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I think it means you have a soft, you're developing and growing good soil. You have a soft, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, and enduring heart into your old age. So the question, let's be honest, as you age, is your heart growing softer or is it growing harder? Which is it? And be honest. Now here's the big issue of it. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. It says this. Paul, the New Testament writer, writes this. It's a great statement as far as the benefits of a spiritual life. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. When it says renewed, it means the idea of being changed into a new kind of life as opposed to the old corrupt state that we, that we lived in. I like that. Now here's what's interesting to me with that statement. Age makes things decay. But should make a Christian flourish. Age makes things decay, but should make a Christian flourish. Let me give you an example. <sighs> Though the outer man is decaying, the inner man is renewed day by day. <clears throat> so Super Bowl Sunday, which was a couple weeks ago, and Olivia and I, uh, we went to watch the game at my son Nathan and his wife Lindsay's house. And, Lindsay, uh, and Olivia, oh, and by the way, because Lindsay made pulled pork, so I'm, I'm like there. And it was the last day of Olivia being on oxygen because we knew there was a good chance on Monday morning she'd be off oxygen. So we, as she came out of the hospital from COVID. So we, I took the machine with us. <coughs> Had a good time. As we're leaving, I, the machine has rollers. It's about 40, 45 pounds. I'm rolling it outside. And um, I, I carry this machine up and down every day at the house. For, and, um, but I had to put it in the back seat on the floor, and you can't lay it down. That's what the instructions were when I got it. So I have the hose in my left hand. There's, it's light, but the machine's heavy, and I pick it up with my right. Now, I have a reconstructed shoulder from, from my rotator cup or cuff, and I can never remember it's cup or cuff. Uh, 12 years ago, I had surgery when I ripped that shoulder really bad. Now I can't even, I can't throw anything. I can't lift anything like this. It's been that way for 12 years. But I lifted it with my right arm. And I know I can lift kind of at a back angle and get strength on the backside. And as I lift it up and put it in the front, I'm trying to get in the car back seat, I, I, I felt it just go pop, 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 pop. And I was like, oh no. And it started to hurt so bad. And I remembered. What the doctor told me after he repaired my shoulder 12 years ago, he said, if you ever rip it again, we can never fix it. It's done now. And I was in pain. I said, Nathan, you've got to put the machine in the car. Oh, my gosh, it hurts so bad. And he puts the machine in the car. And I get in the car. i got to drive home. And there's Olivia. You know, she's on the last day of oxygen, and I can't even use my right arm. And I was like, what, a, what in the world's going on here? 
I remember I sat in the car. And I just said out loud, I go, I'm getting old. And then we go home. And we, we go to bed, and I, I take a machine up with my left arm, and we always watch something on TV. And we like watching the old reruns lately of Wipeout, that old TV show, Wipeout. I like it. It's just so funny watching people just wipe out. And I told Libby, I said, you know, if that show, if that was on now, even in my 40s, I'd go on it. I would give it a shot. <laughs> but my body can no longer do things like that at all. See, Paul was right. And we all know this as we age. The outer man, the physical body, it's decaying. It's just a fact. But he was also really, really right on the inner man. I can renew that inner me every day. And I try to every day of my life. I've spent 42 years planted, rooted in a fellowship. I've spent all my married life with my kids rooting and planting my kids and my wife in a church fellowship, consistent, week in, week out. We never let up. I spent 42 years reading the Word of God, and I read it daily, and I get at it. I spent 42 years of time, the length I've been a Christian, serving other people. I've been tithing for 42 years, and I haven't missed a tithe ever. For 42 years, I've been in close fellowship with other people. And there's a result. And when I say these things, I'm not tooting my own horn. Ask my wife, it's changed, but it's all for the glory of God. Because I've rooted in Him through these avenues, these elements that He posted. But here's what I see in my life. As an older guy, I'm not angry anymore. I'm just not irritable or impatient anymore. I like not being that way. You know what? I have, I have joy. <laughs> I just don't feel the need to go out and correct people. I kind of trust the Holy Spirit will do stuff like that. And it's like, I, I found that I don't get crazy anymore or really worked up when things don't go my way or when people don't think the way I think they should think or choose. And if some of you get all wound up over that, I'm just not going to. I found that I can respect your opinion even when I think you're as biblically wrong as it gets. But I'll still respect you, and I won't even get worked up over that. <laughs> I think I'm more useful now spiritually than I've ever been. And I find that to be played out with people around me. I've gone through the school and will continue, I'm sure, of hard knocks and seasons of hell, and I've been through many of them. And all that has led to a ripe experience to share with anybody who wants it. And I love sharing it with young people because they're so hungry. See, I found, and it's all for the glory of God. This is all God's glory. Nothing that I could do on my own because I couldn't do it without Jesus. He's the... He's the change agent. I haven't self-improved. I have self-replaced. I've self-replaced myself with Jesus. I've been working on that for a long time. But I found that I have much to give, much to serve still, and much to share for years to come. And I'm, hey, I'm not a young guy anymore. 
You see, <clears throat> here's what it is, man. I want, you you want to grow old just as young as you can? You want to bear fruit in your old age? Don't you want to get to the place where you feel like Moses? <coughs> where it was written about him in the fifth book of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is 39 independent letters and books, however you want to say them. And um, it's not just one volume. It's, it's, these are put together. The New Testament is 27 of these letters. So the whole Bible is a collection of 66 letters, if you want to put it that way. But it says of, of Moses in Deuteronomy 34, 7. You know what it said? It says, when he was 120 years old, he died. But his eye was not dim, nor was his vigor abated. He still had energy and life. I like that. One of my favorite Old Testament um, stories and persons within the story is a guy named Caleb. If you ever follow Caleb, just a great life. In Joshua chapter 14, it's the book um, right after Deuteronomy. It's the, after the five books of law, then comes Joshua. Well, there's a guy, Caleb, in, in chapter 14, when they've fought all the way into the promised land, um, and they get to the coastline Mediterranean, and they want to give them a retirement place on the beach, basically, is what they want to. You don't have to fight anymore. You've been battling and fighting the enemies of God. And you come to this and they say, we're going to give you this beach cottage as a retirement. You know what he said? <laughs> I just love it. I always do my Jim Del Campo paraphrase on it. But he says something like this. He goes, I'm 85 years old. I was 40 when we left Egypt. I've been fighting giants now for 45 years. I've been battling and driving back enemies. And I don't want to slow down, and I don't need no thinking, vacation, retirement, cottage on the beach. What I want is, and he says, you see that hill over there? Give me that one. Because I heard there's still some giants up there. And I want to go there, and I want to fight some more. Whoa. I like that. He's flourishing in his old age. He still has much to give. There's such a development in this man's life that he's still sappy on the inside. He still has vigor. He still has energy. He's going for it, man. And he's not backing off the call of God. Even when society now is telling him, you need to retire now. You need to slow down, kick back. He says, nope, we're going to rev it up some more because I'm going to bear fruit even in my old age. I've been planted in the fellowship. I've been walking in the fellowship and I'm not backing down. See, we can all flourish and yield fruit in our old age. We can grow old just as young as we can. And that's what I'd like to do. And that's what I'd like for all of you, no matter how young or old you are. Well, I'm going to stop right there. We've had a good time with you today. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.